0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow.
2: we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Welcome to Rob Ryan Red a Rexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news, and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show.
1: Troisot, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. Myself, Rich Fay, and he's back from Spain. Nave, how are you doing? Good. It wasn't actually
0: sunny Spain in the end, but I am back, refreshed, ready to go, belting guest this week, and we've won again, Rich. And I was, I'm going to get mad if I don't shout them out. So I was, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't there. I was with the London Reds at the Sheep Haven Bay, where they like to gather. Barry Jones and the London Reds had a lot of fun there watching Halifax and had a lot of fun um, scaring some Southerners with our wild celebration for Paul Mullins' penalty. So, a good week all round, Rich. You you got on fine without me, I see. You sort of of did just as well without me and we kind of upset somebody, but we won't go into that.
1: Yeah, we went into emergency broadcasting mode, but it it survived and that's all that matters really. It was, you know... It it was good. Um, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out as well to Dewey, who I met after the Halifax game. He somehow recognised recognized me by my voice and said he expected me to be older, which, you know, I will take wow. as a compliment. I will take for someone who gets para- uh, uh, ID'd for paracetamol. I will take that as a... Uh... Were, you just,
0: were you just talking? Were you just chatting away? Well,
1: maybe it was obscenities. Maybe it was me calling the referee a... Actually, the referee is all right. But um... did he like
0: the podcast? <laughs> does he like the podcast? Yes,
1: yes, he does. He does I mean, he nice. every single one, which is why he's got a shout out. If you tell me you don't like the podcast, I'm not going to mention you. Um, <laughs> Good so... man,
0: Dewey. Thank you
1: so much, Dewey. But yeah, another win. Wrexham. The promotion push continues. Oh, I mean, after God's Bromley at the weekend, there was a bit of negativity. I know I called it a, what do they call it, a dismal draw or a, a, dire, dire, draw? a dire draw? A dire draw. draw. I was going for alliteration on on social media. I thought it was a dire game because nothing really happened. Some people took a bit of offence. Maybe it was too strong a word, but for me, it was a dire game, which ended in a draw, was a dire draw. I'm, you know, I didn't necessarily mean that it was a bad point, because maybe the, the grand scheme of things, was the it best it is, part
0: for me. The cheeseburger was the best part of half-time, and it took me about 22 minutes to get, but it, that was the best part. That and the fact the goals moved, which was potentially one of the most tin pot things I've seen at this level.
1: Yeah, it's the I goals mean, physically shifting. Like so We spoke earlier in the week, didn't we, Nathan? If Oli Palmer's header had gone in, I mean, who knows? I mean, that is getting National League, doesn't it? I mean, if Olly Palmer scores a legitimate header in it, it gets disallowed because the home team haven't properly like
2: put Waited their goals the goal in place.
1: Way. yeah. Um, so who knows? But yeah, Wrexham, fourth in the National League table. We're one point behind Halifax, uh, one point behind Chesterfield, who have played two games more we are now, is it 9 points, 11 points behind Stockport? But they've played one game points, more, yeah. but they've played yeah. one more, more match. So if we were to win a game in hand, it would go down to eight, of course. A bit of a cushion as well, opening below us. I know we kept on saying games in hand, games in hand. We're four points ahead of Solihull. We're five points ahead of Knotts, and they've played a game more. We are seven points ahead of Boreham Wood, but they've got two games in hand. But, you know, the way that we've played against them already this season, you'd you'd be confident, you know, going into that. I mean, as Wayne will say in the podcast, we have not given up hope of the title yet, but in terms of the sort of playoff picture, I've gone from being very pessimistic to now not fearing anyone. Oh, I mean, I've become way too optimistic. I've become drunk on the optimism, really. It is
0: well and truly on, I think. And we made a Halifax team, a good Halifax team, look incredibly ordinary. And you, you were there at the Shea, Rich, for the reverse fixture, and we got away with it, didn't we? Rode our luck. Um, and we, you know, we, we got the winner at the end for a There was nothing lucky about, uh, about, about Tuesday night. I mean, the penalties are absolutely stonewall. And, and really, it took a wonder strike to ruin our clean sheet. There was nothing Dibble could do about that. It was a really accomplished
1: display, which I think earlier in the season at home, we would not have been able to produce. Yeah, exactly. It was a really good goal from Zach Durnley, former United Youngster that I've watched a few times. He's at Oldham, I think. He didn't really do much there, but yeah, it was a really good goal. But what a performance, and arguably the best performance of the season. I know that we've had the Bournemouth one, which was really good as well, and we had Chesterfield away, which was a really good second-half performance. But in terms of a total 90 minutes, I mean, it should have been five or six. It really should have been, and every player was... It's just immense, really. No one had a bad game. A couple of shaky moments with Dibble, but he was, you know, he was, he was fresh in the squad and maybe had extra expectation and pressure on him to not make a mistake because there's extra scrutiny on him at the moment. But he made some important stops and and came out and, and got the ball well and collected it well from set pieces. Everyone else was just, you know, picking him out of the match. You could have just done a tombola, really. It, it didn't really matter. They were all excellent. And yeah, just positivity and, you know, hopefully this should be out before the Wales playoff game as could be a very, very good week ahead as well. So I guess, Naif, plug the podcast. So, you know, robbrianred at gmail.com if you want to send us an email, at robryanred on Twitter. If you're new around here, please do leave a like, subscribe. But Naif, should we roll on with our guest? Roll the
0: tape, Rich.
1: welcome to the podcast, Wayne. And it's been a, a bumper week for Wrexham. Um, Halifax on Tuesday night, you were there. Where does that rank for you this season?
2: Certainly up there with one of the best. Um, I think from the off, the, the build-up to kick-off, uh, there was a tr- tremendous atmosphere. Um, the players walking out of that atmosphere must have raised the bar a notch or two. And um, I think that that helped them to get off on the front foot. And, you know, an early penalty... An early goal, and um, it was a terrific first half uh, from 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 atmosphere, from the way we played. Uh, there was players playing like men possessed in that first half. We we had a different sort of game plan. Uh, we were pressing quite quickly, pressing high, and I just felt Halifax didn't know what hit them. Um, you know, and you you always have a little bit of nervousness in the back of your mind, you know, but uh, you get a second goal. And it's a case of seeing the, seeing the job out then. So um, it was it was a brilliant result. It's been a fantastic few weeks. And, um, you know, I've been saying it for a number of weeks now, I still firmly believe we will go on and win the league.
1: I love that. Love that confidence. What, what do you think has changed, Wayne? Because for me... It just seems like Oli Palmer was that final piece of the jigsaw. We've, now that we've got him, we've got someone to play the ball out to. Mullen gets the ball in better areas because he's not having to do the dirty work himself. Got someone to hold mm. it up. Midfield's not getting bypassed as much because the players have an easy out of the ball as well. Yeah. What do you think it is that's changed for us?
2: Well, I'd certainly agree with with your your comments on Oli Palmer. It's it's helped. Um, you know, you've mentioned one or two things. Having a, another striker up alongside the, the quality we have in Mullin. I think there's other factors as well. Players playing well, um, terrifically well. James Jones has been brilliantly for the last few games. Um, Luke Young, is back to the Luke Young we all knew. Um, You know, never got off to a flyer at the start of the season. And I came away from the game last night and probably said that nine, eight or nine players played to their max. Um, And the two or three others weren't too bad either. Um, And you'll win football games while you've got that. If it's the opposite way, where you only have two or three playing well and nine playing poorly, you tend to lose games. So I think everything's come together, um, you know, and it does take time. Players learning each other's way of playing. Um, It was never going to be playing sailing from the off. Uh, I've certainly been one to backfill Parkinson the whole time. Um, I was hearing some ridiculous comments after 10 games. Um, you know, and and you have to persevere. And there's been far too much uh, turnover over the last 15 years of managers in Wrexham Football Club. I hope Parkinson is with us for a long time. And I hope, like like any other manager who manages Wrexham Football Club, that he is the one to get us out of this National League back into the Football League.
0: Wayne, one of the things... Early in the season, you're talking about that, that. And you've been there every step of the way. It's important to point out, BBC Radio Camry, you, you've been to, watching all these games. Uh, when I was watching it, it was the frustration, and you're a former midfielder, the frustration was we weren't able to get those players into the game. So we can talk about Luke Young and, and James Jones struggling. They weren't really given the opportunity, I didn't think, to show their, their game off. Do you think that that the build their step up and their ability to get on the ball and dictate a bit more uh, with Jordan in there, and Liam McLinden at times. Has that been the game changer, do you think, in terms of just the, the style and the way we're playing?
2: I think it all comes from gaining confidence as well. Um, and that comes from winning football games. And, um, you know, the style of football is never going to be what we see from Man City or Liverpool or Premier League sides. And, and that's half the problem we have these days is amateur much football on the television um, a lot of fans will sit down on a, on a Saturday afternoon and Saturday night and watch Manchester City put 35 passes together to create a chance. This is the National League, it's a little bit different. Um, and that's not being disrespectful to, to the teams or the players in the league. This is where we're at. Um, and it's difficult, it's been difficult because you also have an opposition team who basically want to prove a point against you as well. And you know, it's not going to be plain sailing every game, we're not going to win every game between now and the end of season. But, you know, we have to um, acknowledge uh, the, the the work and the effort that the players put in. Not one of them, I could say hand on heart, goes out to underperform. Um, they all give it their all. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, I had as many bad games as I did, good games. But it wasn't through lack of trying. And uh, these certainly have been putting in the effort. We've not had... all all the results that we would have hoped for along the season. Uh, But you could say that about any football team, Um, you know, results. um, It's great when you win a football game. It's a brilliant feeling on a Saturday evening for us as fans as well, as well as the players. and You look forward to the next game as quickly as possible. I just think we've seemed to have got it together at at the absolute perfect time. Uh, Going into the tail end of the season, um, players playing well players playing with a lot of confidence. We've we've seemed to have overcome uh, the problem we had of scoring goals at home uh, early on in the season. We were finding it difficult to to see teams off. We were getting in front, but really couldn't get our second and third goal. Um, But that seems to have been dealt with in the last two or three games, most certainly against Boreham Wood and against Halifax last night. And the players look like they bob on for what is going to be a, a tremendous end to the season.
0: Two of the players, Wayne, that have really stood out in recent weeks, and we could go through right through the team, but two in particular for me and, and for other people, Max Kloworth and Jordan Davis have been, yep. you know, and, they're, and they're, they're, they've come through Wrexham's Academy, and I think yeah. it is important for people to see the pathway and, and the growth, and, and Parkinson in particular, with Max deserves a lot of credit. What do you think of those that, that have kind of come through local boys that are, you know, this isn't a team completely of, of players that have been signed, there is that localness to the team which is
2: important to the fans as well yeah and um, for myself who came through the ranks um, back in the nin- late 80s and early 90s it was always the case Wrexham always produced good good quality players some a lot better than myself um, you know the likes of Gareth Owen, Phil Hardy, Stevie Walken, there was there was players in the 70s and 80s who came through the football ranks but that seemed to Seem to have gone missing over the last 10, 15 years. And I don't think it was any fault of um, the managers who, who were at the club. I think there was that much pressure on them to succeed while they were here. I think they were finding it very um, edgy and nervy to put the young lads in. Uh, but the two you've mentioned, I've seen Jordan since he was eight and nine years age. My um, son played in the Wrexham Youth Team with him. He always had that quality. And it came as no surprise that he did make that step up. To Brighton, but he's a player who's had to take a backward step. Um, to most certainly, I feel take another forward step because I think he has been. There's been lots of outstanding performances throughout the season. Um, I think George and, Jordan. I might have a little bit of soft spots for Jordan, um, with him being a mate of my sons, and uh, you know having seen him coming through from a young age. But I feel he's been the one, just a touch more than anybody else. Who 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 has notched it for me really because of the quality he has. Technically, a gifted, talented player. Um, he's dug us out on more than one occasion this season with some special free kicks and some special goals. 14 goals he's got. Nine in the league, five in the Cup, in the Cups, the, the the trophy in the FA Cup for a midfield player. And he's played majority of the season to a very high level. And um, Max Cloworth, the other one you've mentioned, it's been a fantastic rise for him. Um, one, all credit to the manager um, to, to give the youngster a chance. And he has not looked out of place and he's grown as every game's gone on. Gone on. And, you know, there'll be certainly eyes watching him, uh, 19 years of age, to perform like he is, uh, most certainly the way he performed last night. I'd be very surprised if there was no interest for for Max at the end of the season, um, but, but credit to the players alongside him, uh, you know Bentoza. Uh, I I fully love the way he plays the game. Um, you know he dictates from the back, uh, right foot, left foot. It's not just about a long throw with Bentoza. He has some some real quality. But I could go through the through the team, Nathan. You know with every single player. Um, you know, I've mentioned three there. Without that's mm. without mentioning Mullen and Palmer, Jones, Young, yeah. Reese, Hall, Johnson. I could just keep going on. <laughs> you, know, you know,
0: we we had Rob Lainton injured at, at Bromley. I was there at Bromley. You think devastating. I thought Dibble last night beaten by a, a strike. He, hadn't, he couldn't get anywhere near that. He's made some big stops, big say, oh. big interceptions. It, the, there's so much confidence in that in that team now. And I, I was saying yes last night on on Twitter that. Ben Tozer, I think, is something of a of an unsung hero, because like you say, people say, oh, he's 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 the long throw. But he deserves as much credit as Parkinson in this development of Clareworth because he's been there next to him. And what what a valuable resource that is for Max to have someone like Ben who's been up. He's got promoted and for for seasons gone by when we haven't had many winners in that team that have been there, done it, you know, got the T-shirt. And now we do got full of them
2: we certainly have uh, it's a it's a team full of full of full of winners and as you said you know ben Tozer, he's been there he's done it uh, newport county and cheltenham um, and he does have that quality and experience of, of doing it and um you know to the goalkeeper situation i i had said early on in the week this week uh, phil parkinson's really fortunate to have two quality goalkeepers um not only rob Layton, who who we all know is he's number one uh, goalkeeper but when he doesn't play, he's got somebody of Chris and Dibble's uh, quality uh, that he can call up on. And um, yeah, the goal last night—I don't think he'd have had three goalkeepers in would have stopped that. But he can be proud of the, what he's done in previous games when he has come in. Uh, when we've lost Lainton, you know, there's been times I most certainly remember last season under Dean Keats, where when Lane, uh, when Dibble played a f- number of games, he kept us in a lot of games. So to have the quality of those two goalkeepers, you know it. <laughs> From Christian's point of view, it must be difficult being classed as a number two. You know, you sat most weeks on the bench if your first choice is fit. But he knows now he's going to have a run of games in the, in the side. I would imagine till the end of the season, and he'll gain confidence from that, and he'll prove his worth to, the, to, to and how valuable he is to the squad as well.
1: Yeah, I think as well another point that I'd say on that is like when you're out of the team all the time to come in. If you make a mistake, it's got to be over amplified anyway, and you've got to be more susceptible to mistakes. You're not match fit as such, you've not really got the experience. And last night, Dibble comes out and gets that ball, I think, from Jordan Slew, and then Palmer scores about 90 seconds later anyway. It was a massive moment in the game when he went out and caught it. I was going to ask you as well, Wayne, it's not just a big week for Wrexham, though, big week for Wales as well. Jordan Davis, obviously the Wales debate comes about a lot. I'm not saying they got to call up a national league player, but how important do you think it is, as well, for Wrexham fans to have internationals in the squad?
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's always nice where to be recognised uh, from from your club football uh, for international. Um, you know that there's been many in the past. You know, only going back a number of years, the likes of Steve Evans. Um, I'm not sure if he would have been our last uh, player to have played for Wales, but um, I think the fact we've we've dropped down to the the national league hasn't helped our cause and hasn't helped the players' cause. But uh, yeah, most certainly, John John Davis' performances will not have gone unnoticed. But you have to remember that there's a lot of players, Welsh players, <clears throat> playing Championship football, League One football, probably who haven't had a sniff. So. Um, it's just going to be a big ask to try and get him to try and get himself in towards our Welsh squad. But if he keeps playing like he is, then you know, it, excuse me, it doesn't go unnoticed by by the people above. And uh, you know, how amazing would that be for a player from this level to get into an international squad?
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to have a Rexham game called off for international commitments again, wouldn't it? Uh, I've got to ask you as well, Wayne. I mean, the my the come right of Nadwi, but Robin Ryan, since they bought the club. The the amount of investment they've put, not just in Wrexham, but the whole community and North Wales in general has been amazing. And now we've got the Welsh language on an international stage. How good is is this for you as a Welsh speaker as well to see the Welsh language? I mean, you've always known how beautiful it is and how historic it is, how much of our history it is, our traditions, but for it to now be so sort of cool and popular.
2: It's wonderful. Uh, It's fantastic. Um... I'm being badgered by my dog here while I'm talking to you, so <laughs> just, just bear with us. Uh, yeah, it, it's brilliant. Um, you know, from the off, the last the last 12 months have just been, you know, unreal uh, in many ways. And fantastic for the football club, um, for the supporters, and those who are as passionate as myself uh, to being a Welshman have been delighted. You know, that I remember the first press conference when they came on board and... Um, you know, he came out with a few Welsh words, Rob McElhenney, and uh, it's just nice to see. Uh, you know, you've seen Twitter clips from the from the two of them, and it's all been positive. There's been nothing negative about what we've seen over the last twelve months, and uh, long may that continue. And
0: they've not they've not taken the Mickey out of the language. If you know what I mean, that was a little bit of a worry. You know, was it just going to be the odd token word? I think Ryan Reynolds is, is just. Made, or made sure with Netflix that he added Welsh subtitles to the Adam project you know his latest film it doesn't have to do that but it's another small gesture that goes a great way to if anything showing people that you know people abroad might not be familiar with the Welsh language or or, or anything like that and I think Rob taking his lesson seriously it's no gimmick and I think that's proven to a lot of people how serious they are and how proud they are to be learning about it it's a big learning thing for them
2: it is, and um, not an easy language to learn, um, you know, it, 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 you, I can't imagine what their schedules must be like, um, it must be, you know, do they get any spare time, but to put the effort in to try and learn some of the language, it just goes to show what, what this means to them, I think, you know, we've taken to them, but they've taken to us as well, and uh, that's been great uh, f- from, a, from a supporter's point of view to see that the effort they're putting in to try and get some Welsh language into whatever they're doing, um, it just ticks another box for me. And, um, you know, there's many boxes being ticked over the last 12 months.
1: I was going to ask, about, Wayne, before we get onto your own playing career with Wrexham, you've already mentioned that you know, you're still dreaming of the title. Stockport's rolling is difficult. We've got some variable home games coming up. Do you think we are sort of dealing with that sort of expectation more as well now? Because first half of the season, players seem to be, I wouldn't say they were struggling into the you know the massive crowds or whatever, but it seems like we've really just got that mojo back now. And we don't fear anyone at home.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that has come from the, the, the run of um unbeaten in nine games, and that breeds confidence. And uh, you know, as I said earlier in the you know, going into the late latter stage of the season, that can only be, be a big, big plus for us. And um, you have to give Stockport County a lot of credit. Um, you know to have won 19 of the last 20 games in all competitions. The other one was was a drawn game against uh, Chesterfield. It takes some doing at any level, you know, but most certainly I think it's a bit tough at National League level because of how difficult games are to win. But I just feel it's a slip. I feel it's a slip there to come, and I think we're ready to pounce. Um, You know, 11 games to go, 33 points to play for, it, an eleven-point swing can quickly change. Uh, an eleven-point can suddenly become six points over two or three games, and that's what we're all hoping for. Um, you know that we're ready for it. If it does happen, there was half a chance last week when they were two 0 down, but they showed their quality. Um, you know, I'm not getting away from the fact they're a quality side, Stockport County, and we're as we're as good as them, um, and we're are we we're probably there. Main challenger, I think. So there's a lot of pressure on them as well to keep performing because they know Wrexham uh, are on a bit of a roll at the moment, and, and they they're waiting to pounce for hopefully what would be, um you know, a, a brilliant brilliant end to what has been a really good season up to now.
0: I, I, I was trying to calm myself down all day, Rich. You know, after the high of last night, Wayne's now amping me back up about mm. the title. But yeah. uh, I, I, you know, there is. A, I think there's a good mutual respect between the fan the two fan bases they're massive clubs you know when you you had a spell at Stockport you know so you know both clubs are big clubs both should be back in the football league but as Wayne says I think there's an element of being the hunter in that second place there's yeah. something about that mentality that's different to being hunted and you think every slip-up could be costly and they've not made many slip-ups in 19-20 in games but you've still got to come to the race course that's probably the worst place you want to go right now. That's the last place you want to go, you've still got to go with, you know, Boreham Wood and Chesterfield. And it there's twists and turns to it. It's not done yet. It's not uh, It's not over, let's say that.
2: There certainly is not Nate. you know. There'll be there'll be a more than one or two twists before now and the end of the season. And um, people looked after me about going back to 10, 15 games ago. You know, they looked after me anyway. But um, I've always been one that felt, you know, a season's over 44 games, you know. We were not out of the race after 20 games and 15 games and 25 games. It may have not gone to plan. We may have not have won as many games as possible. But I always felt there was going to be something more to come from us, and that's arrived. You know, over the last four, five, six games, that's 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 here. Uh, I just hope now that we can keep keep, keep up the momentum. Um, you know, keep keep doing what we've done um, in the next few games. You know, six home games to come. You'll have the same sort of attitude that we had last night to play Halifax, to play in Dover on Saturday because there's no easy game and it comes down to the mentality of the players at times as well. If they approach Saturday's game against Dover with the mentality they did last night, then it'll be a three 3.4x in a comfortable afternoon. If we start to underestimate thinking it's a team who are coming here have already been relegated have hardly won a game all season, that's when you tend to get a few problems. But um, I think we've overcome that and the manager would not allow that to happen. I think we're too good of a squad, too good of a, um, uh, a management team. Um, I think we'll be we'll be right at it between now and the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I think as well, like you said, it's almost that, that Maidenhead game where we, we had 10 men for all of it, but that kicking the teeth right at the end. I feel like we've changed since that. But that, that was like... The players were not. We're not having this feeling again. Mullin said last night, didn't he, that we want play teams to. They've got to work really hard to have any, to get anything from a game at the race course. I just feel like we're really using the crowd to our advantage now, rather than having it against us. But... You you like Man United as well? But was the dream always to to put on the Wrexham
2: shirt? Being a North Walian, a proud North Whaling, obviously, yes. You know, they, they, they were the only um, Welsh team in the Football League at the time. And, uh, you know, back to my younger days, it was just, you know, wanting to be a professional footballer. And, um, you know, to have the opportunity to come to my sort of local club, even though I was 75 miles away, <laughs> um, it, 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 you have to say it was a dream come true. And not only to have come here at that time, um, you know, I knew the history Wrexham Football Club had, Um, I remember some of the international games that were played here, Wales, Spain, Wales, England, but to arrive here and to have the the quality of players like Joey Jones and Brian Flynn, players who had watched on television growing up and then, you know, to be in and around them on a daily basis, it was just, you know, stuff that dreams are made of and you you pinch yourself at times to to realise it is true. What well, you know? What were
0: those early days like in terms of you turn up at Wrexham as a youngster? I mean, were you challenged by the by the veterans players? was it kind of was it tough to to get to sort of get
2: up to speed? How did you find those early days? It, it was tough, uh, you know. Obviously, Dixie McNeil was the manager um, who really gave me my first um, professional contract. Um, he was the one who must have seen something, um, and I'll, I thank Dixie to to this day uh, because I had. That decision, <coughs> excuse me, had that decision been the, the opposite, then who who known who would have known where my career would have led to? But um, yeah, it was tough. You know, it was a um, the club were playing football league. Um, you know, we had a, we had a small squad of players, but you just felt that opportunities would come because you know, first of all, with Dixie, and then we had a manager in Brian Flynn, who I spent most of my career with. And um, I cannot speak highly enough of the two of them, really. And without them too, uh, I would certainly not have been here talking this evening with you.
1: You mentioned that as well, Wayne. I mean, people often talk about these sort of old school football environments and, you know, how it is like a school of hard knocks. Was it really difficult? Uh, I mean, how how were you treated as, as you know, the, the sort of local lad, the teenager in the squad?
2: Uh, I, I think it was, you know, from, 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 a, from a football club how, how they are today to how they were then um I'm sure there would be a lot of um the players of today would have a shock to have seen things uh happened in those days you know struggling to know where we were training from day to day no training grounds um you know you'd have to remove dog mess off training grounds before you trained um no real sports science away trips were cases of Lager on the coach for a trip home with fish and chips and um but it didn't do me any harm because I went on to have a, a fantastic career. Um, but it's, it is more you know, disciplined in a way now. I think players, I wouldn't say they were they were fitter than me um, because I was one of the fittest. Um, along Alongside the likes of Andy Thackeray and Phil Hardy, who were also fit lads. Um, but that was one of my biggest strengths. So I wouldn't say players today, um, even though they have all the sports science, they'd have been fitter, fitter than me. So... Um it was just nice just to put on the shirt. I can see the emblem on your tracky top there now, and it, it brings back so much so much memories, you know. Um every time I run out to that race course, you know, at, at that time we had the cop end. Um it was just a fantastic feeling.
0: You know, just just a kind of word before we get onto some big games, Europe and in the cups. Joey is, is somebody that we always try and ask people about. He's, he's he's a cult hero that's gone through generations. Younger fans now are still getting told. The great Joey Jones, and he gets great applause when he's at the games. What what can you speak of to, to Joey in terms of your your personal relationship with him and, and how he was
2: just on and off the pitch? Well, on the on the pitch, Joey was was a star. Um, you know, having won the European Cup with Liverpool, so one the record holders caps for Wales at that time. Um, so that spoke for itself. But uh, Joey, as a person, is just the best. Um, I think you could go through two hundred rexham players. And I'd be very surprised if there was one of them who said any different. Um, that's the type of guy Joey is. Um, I was, um, I was privileged to have, have lived with Joey for six to twelve months. Um, he, he he didn't want to see me traveling back up and down the coast every day. Lived with him and his wife, uh, cooked me meals, and that was just the type of guy Joey was. Uh, and like I say. I don't know what words would best describe, describe Joey. Legend springs to mind. That's the one that most would use. Um, but he is certainly one of the best. Um, and as I said, that that would be the case with most, and if not any player who played for the football club while Joey was involved.
0: Did he do the cooking or was it down to his wife? Was he a good no, cook, Joey? No. no.
2: Joe, no Joe, Joey was good at pouring <laughs> me the wine, uh, the glass of wine. <laughs> right yeah maybe a glass of wine on 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 a Wednesday or Thursday night, but never never on a friday but no um, he, he his, his wife Janice was fantastic and a uh, lovely time with him um and I think you know you know that time in my career was special because I had somebody like Joey if he ever needed to talk to somebody, he would be the man to go and see yes. yeah
0: which i think which I think it, you know we've had some more recent players yeah. on who said that, you know, the first thing they they did when they got to the club was, God, I've got to sit down with Joey. I've got to get him to sign his book. I want to just hear all the stories. And we're talking players, you know, we had James Jennings on, I can't remember how many episodes ago. And he said, best person I spoke to at the entire club was Joey Jones. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, then, now, people see him around again. He's always smiling. And, yeah, uh, legend gets banded around a lot, I think, in the Mm. modern game. But he is... As close to a le- you know he is a legend as if you're going <clears> to <throat> give one person that title at Wrexham. So I'm so thrilled for him that that, like you say, 200 players we could probably get on and they'd all say Joey, and that says yeah. a lot. That says plenty, Wayne. It,
2: it? It, it, you can't speak highly enough of him. And I remember one story. Um, you know, being a young kid growing up, and you, you're quite, you know, what uh, you wanted to see. You know, his medals, and I remember the players asking to see his European Cup medal. Um, and he actually bought it into the football club in a carrier bag, you know, that's that, in a quick save carrier bag, and that's Joey all over, you know. Didn't like the limelight, you know. Mm-hmm. Did, didn't didn't like any of that, Joey. Um, he just he was so down to earth, you know. Typical North Walian, you know. You know, like many of us, um, and like I say, I, I was privileged and honoured not only to have played alongside him, but being to have coached by him taught me so much, gave me so much information and so much help as well along the way.
1: Yeah. As, like I said, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because when you think of the 90s of Rex, as well, so many of the cult heroes, some of the icons are in the teams you played in. And like you said, the managers you had, like they're just legends of the club as well. And... It's just such a rich period of sort of history for the club. You know, we had some of our greatest ever results there. And, you know, Wayne, you were always sort of involved in them. I know you're quite modest about maybe what you did, maybe an unsung hero in the sides. But for you, sort of breaking through to the Wrexham squad and and the way it sort of panned out for you, you became quite an integral member of the team going forward. You said it was down to hard work. Um, What was it that sort of you think the managers did like from you?
2: Um, exactly what you've just said. Um, you know, hard work. Um, I'll be the first to admit that there was better footballers at the, at, at the club than myself. Um, but I don't think there was anybody who'd work as hard as me. And I felt that that was a, a minimum requirement first and foremost to work hard. Uh, you work hard, your, your ability will then help you out. And, um, you know, I, I can honest, honestly say the whole time I was at that football club, I gave it my all. Um, and I mentioned earlier, you know, there, there was there was bad performances. You know, I walked off the pitch at times disappointed with my own personal standards. But it wasn't through lack of trying uh, and lack of effort. Um, you know, on the other hand, there were some terrific performances which, which were more enjoyable. Um, as any player will tell you, there's no better feeling coming off of off, off, off a pitch when you've played well and you've won. And, you know, to have played the amount of games I did, um, I'm just privileged and honoured to have done that and, and uh, played a part in some success at Wrexham Football Club Had
0: One of the successes that I've maybe not been able to ask people we've had on, Rich, was a, a little European away day. Now, we don't get many of those now. We're not used to those, some of us younger, younger fans, but... We did used to go in Europe, and we did used to win games in Europe. One of them was away at Lingby, Cup Winners' Cup. Was it 1991? I think. What was that like? What you know, in terms of massive games that you could dream. Now, Wrexham fans are dreaming of climbing the ranks. Get you know, we're talking about the women's team. They're talking about maybe Champions League in a couple of years. You were there in that in that team against Lingby. We won it one 0 What was that experience like? Yeah.
2: It was just like a, a, a fantastic, uh, you know, European trip. Um, mm. You know, first and full, foremost, you're you, you pulling the Danish side, which, which is a, a really good side. Um, I'm not sure if we played at home first and drew 0-0 at home. Mm. And then we went away and Chris Armstrong's goal, um, it was a goal. It was a free kick that we'd worked on all week in training. Gareth Owen clipped it into the back stick and then the ball came off John Bowden, I think. Um, uh, not only the, the, the fantastic result but 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 the the, the the scenes you know the fans who had traveled um what are those brilliant european nights and um you know the the celebrations uh, as you do on a night out after the game in in denmark um they're, they're night you'll never forget you know we're talking 30 odd years ago um it seems like last year you know because you you'll never forget memories like that
0: uh, what's a trip like that like? You know, talking, we are talking thirty years ago. I'm assuming these players maybe wouldn't be, be let off the leashes maybe as much as they were then. I mean, did you get to
2: enjoy Denmark a little bit? Well, well I've got a wife who's listening, so um, yes, yeah, a, qui- <laughs> a, a quiet trip. Um, a quiet you know, you trip. Win, a quiet trip. You win the game. Uh, you have a couple of Tricky beers pass. after the a couple of beers after the game, and yes, yeah. Uh, as they say, what goes on tour stays on tour. There you go. We <laughs> have you go. to leave we, that for
1: yeah. maybe a special podcast, won't we? Maybe. Dylan? Maybe. <laughs> The round after that, Wayne, you know, we touched on yourself. Grew up, as many North Walians have an affiliation with teams over the board as well. United fan, I believe, yourself. You get them in the second round <laughs> of the cup. I mean, that must have been childhood dream stuff.
2: Do you know what, Rich? For me, for me it was. Um, I can certainly say on behalf of the majority of the squad, I think they were disappointed um, <laughs> because they were hoping for another European night away yeah. from home. Um, it didn't seem as if we were going away. Um, even though we spent a night in in an Altrincham hotel, I think the night before, um, but that 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 plane in Old Trafford, you know, was a dream of mine. Um, I'd, I'd stood on the terraces in stretford End uh, many a time, uh, supported a team from the late 70s through the 80s, and just to have that opportunity to be on the field with with those players was 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 unreal. And. Um, I had the task that night. It was probably the one game I was given a real runaround by Lee Sharp. <coughs> Lee Sharp was voted the Young Player of the Season that season. He was terrific, um, you know. And uh, how close I got to him—I—I I, I didn't get that close, but um, it was just a, a really, really top, top night uh, to have played there in front of forty or fifty thousand.
0: Were you—were you, you, you nervous in the tunnel, Wayne, before that one in the dressing room? Did you feel different for that one because it meant you know, so much to you? <laughs>
2: Do you know, what, I used to get nervous before every game, um, whether it was Man United away or whether it was Barnett at home. There was always that little bit of nerves, um, which many a player had the same. Uh, there was players, um, I remember Peter Ward. Peter Ward used to vomit before games. That's how nervous he was. Um, but as soon as that first whistle went, those nerves sort of disappeared. Um, and I don't think it was a bad thing that those nerves were there, but I was no more nervous playing Man United uh, to playing Barnett, Barnett on the race course. So it was quite strange.
1: Yeah, I think I might be vomiting before if we're in a playoff <laughs> final. I think I could be thrown up at Wembley Way. Uh, Wayne, for you as well, last one this game, I know we don't want to turn into a Man United podcast, but playing against Mark Hughes as well. Childhood hero for you maybe, someone growing up that you just admired?
2: He is, yes, yes, certainly was. he another Another fantastic player. Um, you know, having seen him playing for Wales and then, you know, the way he played for Man United, uh, spe- special moments. You know, you, you keep those memories, you know, I'm fortunate maybe to have a photo of being stood by him on the, on the field. But, uh, you know, it was just, uh, you know, nights you'll never forget. European night against Man United. OK, the result never went our way, but uh, we weren't expected to go there and beat him. It was just to have had that chance to have played against him. Um, home and away and then I was fortunate to go back in the FA Cup um, I was sat on the bench for most of that game but did get onto the field for the last 15 minutes
1: Yeah I, was, I mean like I said the 90s we had so many big games in, in, in that decade didn't we And know Wrexham <laughs> fans I mean no offence but we've dreamed of Stoke away which you know growing up to you, that would have just been a league match you know that's not as special for you as it is to maybe myself and Naif but Whatever games stand up for you. I mean, it's only recently we've had the 30th anniversary of the Arsenal game. I mean, we have to we have to comment about that, don't we? I mean, I know everything has almost been said about that. Nicky's always gets the credit. Stevie Watkins doesn't maybe get the recognition he deserves. But what what does that game represent for you?
2: That that probably has to be the one. Um, you know, the, the 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 golf and the sides. You know, 92nd in the league and they'd finished champions. <clears throat> and you just look at their team, um, superstars, right from David Seaman in goal to, to the front two, England internationals, Irish internationals. And uh, again, it shouldn't happen, but it did. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about that in another 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, because I still feel, um, you know, it's probably the biggest shock ever in FA Cup history because of the gulf of the two sides at the time. And yeah. uh, to, to have played a part of that, again, it's a memory that live, will live will live with me until I've gone.
1: And, you know, again, the decade as well, FA Cup runs, I mean, almost taken for granted how many we went on and how many, how many teams we've beaten. And of course, West Ham. I mean, is that a personal, I mean, where does that rank for you in, in terms of your, sort of your personal achievements?
2: Again, another high one. Um, you know, I can't say, um, you know, it, 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 because I scored the goal, um, you know the Arsenal one is is, is my my favourite one because of the, the you know what happened, but to have gone to West Ham and got that drawn game and to have scored against them, you know that, that was a one again. Uh, that, that that's up there amongst the rest. But I say to people and it looks daft at me, um, you know to have played any game and forex x meant as much as any for me. Uh, just to have had that honour and privilege of, of, of pulling on that shirt on, on over 240, 250 times. Yes, people will look at the bigger FA Cup games and the bigger European games, but the, the lesser games meant as much to me, um, you know, even though they don't get highlighted. Um, so, no, I was quite, you know, over, over a 14-year period, um, which was a long time, you know, to, to be involved with a football club. Um, not too many... Um, go on to do that length of service these days. But there was many of us through the 90s who, who played for the club for a long time.
0: I, I spoke to Mickey recently, ahead of the, around that 30th anniversary, and I also got to the privilege of speaking to Brian Flynn and, and chatting to Mickey about Brian. You've said you know, on record before about how, how much of an influence Brian has been. I mean, what, what can you sort of say, to put it into words, of, of the impact he's had on the football club for Decades, you know, he'd come back a little bit and has played it, and he's played a big role in Welsh football as well, hasn't he? In terms of the ability to spot a player, is almost unrivaled.
2: Again, he's another one you you cannot speak highly enough of, uh, Brian Flynn. You know, we we were playing second division football at the time, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of supporters don't even remember that. They weren't around to see it. Um, You know, a lot of supporters these days only ever remember National League football um so Brian Flynn did play a big part uh, in certainly a lot of players' careers uh in in the way the football club went um it was just unfortunate that they started to take a dive um which which re- resulted in dropping down out of the football league into the national league and not for one minute did I expect to still be here 14 years later um you know I never felt um I thought like like many others you felt as a case of, Right, we've dropped down. as a case of coming back, you know. To to now be the longest-serving club in the national league, it's just astonishing. Like you know, and it's a stat. I can't believe really. But um, let's hope it's not too far away that we're back in the football
0: league. On on kind of the way it ended, Wayne. You know, for some of the players that we've spoken to, there's always. A disappointment uh, the way it ends at Wrexham, it's a massive club, and, and you, particular have been there such a long time. Was there a feeling of disappointment, frustration the way it ended? You obviously end up going to, to Stockport. Would you have wanted to stay? Did you be ready for something new? <laughs>
2: um, obviously, leaving Wrexham was a big, big wrench for me, um, having been here for so long. Um, but when Championship football comes calling two divisions higher. It was a difficult one for me um, because you, as a player, you want to play as high as possible. Opportunities don't come around that often. Um, the club had agreed on a fee uh, before I had agreed personal terms, really, with Stockport. Um, and I think it was a case of the club needed the, 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 the money as well. Uh, and it was a case of going along to Stockport, uh, having a chat, agreeing terms, and signing that contract. And uh, I must admit, I came home that evening after the signing that contract. And I'm not embarrassed to say it to today. I broke down in tears um, because I'd done it. I'd signed the contract and I was leaving. And um, but then, you know, it was an opportunity for myself. Um, you know, I went there to give them what i always given Wrexham, a hundred percent commitment. It never worked out um, as I hoped it had. Um, obviously, you know, I, I was limited to, to the amount of games I played over the two or three 18 months I was there. I played 24 games um, and found it really difficult. Uh, never really had a run in the side. Um, and that's not you know, being hard. On, the, the, the manager was really good there, Gary Megson. He was 100% commitment himself. I enjoyed the training. But you get to the stage where... You're not happy going in into work. Um, I, I dreaded to drive up to 56 every morning. In the in the later stages, before I came back to Wrexham, and I was so delighted to have I had that phone call of Brian Flynn one morning to say they'd agreed a fee to bring me back. I couldn't have been any happier.
0: In that period where you 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 had gone and you were feeling this sense of dread, did did you keep in touch with anyone at Wrexham and sort of did you have anyone you could lean on to sort of? Explain, maybe you know, anyone who could guide you or someone you've become particularly close to.
2: I, I still lived in the town. Um, I, I refused to move uh, to Stockport County. I felt a drive up the motorway wasn't, wasn't, you know, wasn't tough to do each day. Um, you know, the family was settled here. I had two young kids. Uh, well, I think one more one had just been born, and one was, you know, a young, 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 young baby. So, um, we didn't want to move out the area. We always felt that here was the place for us. And um, yeah, you, you always speak to people when things aren't going. Joey would probably have been one of them. I would have had many of chats with Joey and his advice would have been to just give it your all. And that's what I did. Uh, and as, as I said, I was so fortunate to have had that phone call uh, back off Brian Flynn. Um, you know, there there was finance, finances wasn't an issue. Um, I was just delighted to be coming back here. Um, I could have sat on a three-and-a-half-year contract at Stockport, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, I was just happy to come back to Wrexham and the, whatever the, the contract was going to be, I was signing it.
1: You take you the mentioned... man out of Wrexham, can't yeah. you? You can't, yeah. can't take Wrexham out of the man. Yeah. I mean, had there been any other opportunities for you to leave the club? <laughs> had there been any other interest in the 90s? Or did you already, always sort of just tunnel <laughs> nah, the and want to stay at Wrexham?
2: There was a lot of rumours um, in those early 90s for a lot of young players. You know, there, there was a lot of young, young players in the side uh, the likes of Phil Hardy, Gareth Owen, Lee Jones, Steve Walken. And because the club was always doing well, there was always um, little little whispers. Uh, there was scouts watching certain players, but uh, nothing real concrete. I was never called in by the manager to say um, they, they, were, they, they were considering an offer. Um, I think it was the case of maybe Brian Flynn wants to build a squad around the young players as well. So no, nothing that I know of. Um, I'm sure if you ask Brian Flynn, he might be able to tell you something different. But, um, you know, the, the, the one and only real offer that came in uh, that, that Brian Flynn thought it was worthwhile uh, was the one from Stockwell County.
0: Talking about, we have mentioned it, but I think right at the start about Wales games at the race course. And, and the plans are now afoot that there'll be a, a cop will be redeveloped into the biggest stand in the ground. And that holds a great nostalgia to people that maybe haven't been on there for a long time or, or never went on there. What would it mean, do you think, to, to have Wales games back in the north? Because I think for so many people, they'll be going down to Cardiff on, on masses in the buses and minibuses from Anglesey and, uh, you know, from Wrexham and Mould and one of this and all these other places. What would it mean to sort of have that? Because I feel like a lot of people have seen these games in Wales in the south, in the capital, and, and you know, the north has been maybe, you know, looked over, glossed over for, for a long time.
2: Yeah, um, I can understand why, uh, why the games have been taken sure. down to the capital. Um, games have also been played in Swansea. You know, they've been Premier League stadiums and um, I, I do fully get that. Uh, but with with what's going on and the way we're going up here, um, I don't think uh, it will be too far away before um, we get a game back here, an international game. Um, you go back to the 80s and 90s, the, the, the likes of Barry Horne, uh, Kevin Ratcliffe, they used to love playing on the race course. Uh, the, the, the atmosphere was, was brilliant. Um, you know, but, you know, if it does come back, fantastic. I'll be one of the thousands making a long journey tomorrow myself uh, down for the Austria game. Um, it's not the best of journeys. Uh, it's a difficult journey to make. Um, but you're there to support your country and... Uh, you know, we hope to see a win, but uh, it'd be, I'd be delighted, like many of the North Wales, if we were able to get a games back on the race course.
0: And what were your memories like of playing for Wales and going away with camps? I can't remember, who was it, Rich, that was talking us through? Jamie Tolley we had on, so obviously from that night, And he was talking about all the mischief he was up to in Cardiff Bay with Robert Earnshaw and things that probably, you probably shouldn't have let slip in a podcast, but he, he was a bit of a loose cannon and it was great for us. But, you know, what was it like going away with your country? Because that is the epitome of what a player wants to do in their career. That's yeah, the high
2: well, I, I got called up um, probably five or six um, times during my career with Wrexham. I think the first came in 96, um, I'd been called up. I was on standby. I had a late call on the Saturday evening. Um, it was a game over in Switzerland and it was a long drive down to Gatwick Airport. The team was staying overnight in Gatwick and I had to meet up. And, um, you know, just to be there, I remember my first breakfast. I was sat alongside Ryan Giggs, you know, in a well squad. Um, we had the, the, the senior players who, who, whose careers were coming to an end Neville Southall, Barry Horn, uh, fantastic pros. Barry Horn was a brilliant national captain. Um, you know, and, and took took everybody on board, whether you played for Wrexham or whether you played for Man United, it didn't really matter. And then there was youngsters coming through, uh, the likes of Gary Speed, Ryan Giggs, um, and just to be a part of it well, well, was brilliant. Bobby Gould being the manager, um, you know, uh, people will, enough said, question enough said, like you know, but but just for, for for somebody who played majority of their their football at the lower level just to have had opportunities to be in a camp and on training pitches with these players um, was was a fantastic occasion.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was going to just ask there, what was Bobby like? I mean, we always hear stories, don't we, about the Welsh squad in in the 90s. What was he like with you, though? I mean, obviously, he's given you this opportunity.
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, I'm grateful. Um, Bobby Gould was Welsh manager. Um, The only thing um, I would say, I never actually got on, so I didn't really get a cap. I was involved in five or six squads. And that's my biggest, you know. Um, if only, if only I could have had five, 10, 15 minutes, just to have been given that cap. It might have been a one-cap wonder, who knows? Um, but but just, you know, I I I have to be thankful that he gave me the chance to be involved.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like so, not many regrets, but that one, especially when it's that sort of close and just within reach, isn't it? You just need someone maybe to get injured or just bring one mm. to. Kill the clock in 94. Minutes.
2: I remember the first game um, over in Switzerland, and um, it was a friendly, and they had some top players. Chapuisat, who played at front for Switzerland, I'll never forget him. And we, were, Bobby Gould, it was a, I think it was, you could use seven subs, and it was probably eight or nine in the squad. We'd use six subs, and I remember the words were, and it, it taught me a lesson as well, because he said, who, Whoever's ready can go on. And it was Robbie Savage. He had his shin pads on, ready, and he went on. That could easily have been me, and who knows where my career could have gone then? Because, and I'll never forget. You know, and I've I've always, you know, thought after that as a sub, get yourself ready, get your shin pads ready. But um, I wasn't quick enough on that night over in Switzerland because Robbie beat me to it.
0: Bloody, there you go, Robbie, quick off the mark. I mean, maybe yeah. Wayne then to so just round us out a little bit. Let's let's maybe do some couple of quick fire ones about Rexham. So, I mean, who do you think during your time at Rexham was maybe an unsung hero in the squad? Someone who maybe oh. didn't get the, the credit?
2: Mikey, um, I think I think there was always credit given. To you know, Phil Hardy was a quality hmm. player. Uh, somebody who you felt, you know. From a very young age, you have to remember Phil came into first team at a young age and played a lot, hundreds of games, and could easily have gone up a level or two. So um, I think probably Phil Hardy, being a left back, you know, if you're a centre forward who scores goals, uh, you know, or midfield who scores goals, you tend to take the limelight. But uh, Phil never seemed to be given the credits of the player he was because he was a really good top draw player.
1: When we think of the sort of the strikers now, you think of. Paul Mullen, for example, he's compared to the strikers of the 90s as well. For you, who was the best natural goal scorer you played with?
2: Uh, I'd have to say Gary Bennett, um, just just for his goals. You know, he, he'd, he'd bail you out on a Saturday afternoon. Wasn't the best trainer Monday to Friday. Um, usually last pick in the five-a-side. But come Saturday, he'd come come to life. Um, you know, the fact he had a good partner in Steve walking alongside him, but for being a natural goal-scoring finisher, um, you know, Benno was different gravy on the Saturday.
0: Who do you think was the funniest teammate that you had? Someone that was just great banter, a great you know, really lifted the place even when, even if
2: maybe after a defeat or something like that. But, but Barry Hunter was one of them uh, characters to have in the round of changing rooms. You know, Barry was a really good, good, good guy. I became really friendly with him, with him as you do being a teammate. Teammate and. Uh, the, the partnership, him, him and Benno, uh bonded together. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a fun place to be. Uh, you know, before training, after training, even during training, and match day. So he, he was a cracking lad, Barry, Hunter.
1: In terms of you know your own personal highlights, there, I know that you've mentioned that the goal at West Ham. Any others that stick out for you as as sort of memorable moments in the mix? I mean, the, I guess the way you played anyway, you weren't always in the box, so the goals you scored tended to be quite spectacular. <laughs>
2: I was speaking to me a few weeks ago that, you know most of the goals I never scored a, a massive amount you know 20s or 30s whether they were I would say majority of them were from 20 25 yards um so you know, the the goals were always special to score a goal um, it is a special feeling and most certainly if it's a winning goal um but no there was there was there was you know too many memories to single out one or two um, you know, I just look back on the on the whole career, really, for, for, from the early days to being guided along from the likes of Brian Prandle and Idris Price, who were reserve team managers, Cliff Sear, uh, the, the 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 first team scouts, the, 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 the scout who bore me to the race course, onto Dixie McNeil, Brian Flynn, Joey Jones, Mickey Thomas. There, there's there's hundreds I could name who've played their part in the career I had.
0: We talk about, you know, you said about best and worst trainers. I mean. I always ask people this one just so we can get it to know the players a bit better. Who was the worst dressed? Normally some of these footballers don't really know how to dress themselves in the morning. They're as great as they are. Usually they're the best players but who was the worst dressed you think? The,
2: I wouldn't be high up on the list myself. Like, you know, um, being a Carnarvon last lad and I was one of I was one of six, I had five brothers. So I always had to rely on whatever was left in the draw. The hand-me-downs. Down. The hand-me-downs. Yeah, yes, I was yes, youngest of so, four. I know exactly oh, feel like, yes, yeah Yes, yes. So, um, uh, I think if you asked anybody, it would probably be myself, who was probably the worst <laughs> dress. I wasn't I wasn't a fashion freak anyway.
0: Not fashionista. I mean, in terms of then, skillful, who, who do you think was just technically the most sound player you played with, the most gifted player?
2: Um, Carl Connolly was one of them. You know, naturally, Lee, 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 trundle, Lee, Lee Trundle. Another one, Jonathan Cross was very gifted, talented youngster. I remember Jonathan Cross at 17, 18. I was thinking he could possibly go right to the very top. Um, he had that, that that skill and talent. Um, but but Truns, you'd have to say Truns with with the stuff he did in and around that penalty area, he was fantastic, brilliant
1: player. Brilliant you only player. You mentioned Rich. Lee Sharp, mm. Wayne. Are there Any other opponents that you know have really left their mark on you? And you've been like, wow, because obviously seeing someone in person as well. Like watching them on TV is enough. Seeing them in person is different. But then playing against them, I can't even imagine what what it's like.
2: No, no, you, you come across big names. We've mentioned the Arsenal game, the Nottingham Forest game when we played them in the Rumblows Cup. I remember Stuart Pearce, you know, a name you'd seen playing for England and to come up against players like that. Um, you know, the, the big name players, you'll never forget them. Um, but no, there wasn't one, I'd say, stood out more than any other.
0: And last one from me, at least, Rich. You're following Wrexham now all the time, Richard, uh, Wayne, cool. in, in your role with with comment commentary and commentating. Since you've maybe not been playing, you've been following Wrexham. What's been one of your best memories? You know, for us, it's with maybe FA Trophy final or away at Brighton, or you know, there has been loads of games Ch- beating Chester in a derby. There's, there's loads, but any anyone stand out of where you've really just just felt a, a real sense of just as a fan, you've loved it.
2: I have to say that the day Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney came across last year um that 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 was special um you know and that, that's not talking about a match we've won mm. obviously there's some high moments the, 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 the FA trophy win uh while we win the national league uh there's not been too many highs they have to yeah. say um mm. it's difficult to to pick a lot too many out but that, that special day at the race course, just to see them in and around the town um that, that, that was quite unreal.
0: Yeah, Rich, the yeah. buzz that day was unbelievable. We've seen spoof Danny DeVito's and all sorts running around the town. It was uh kind of yeah, I did not know what was going on, but no, it was it was as, and it was It was almost typical of Wrexham in, in recent years that we drew the game. We didn't yeah, it <laughs> we was. Didn't, we didn't win the game and that and uh yeah, it's that was that was a I feel like you said Rich on the podcast at Zan, that felt real that day. That felt this is.
1: Yeah, it didn't feel like they a, are here. A, didn't feel like a, like a make believe anymore. It was like, wow, they're, that's I, actually Ryan Reynolds. I, yeah,
2: I was I was at the Maidenhead game as well, and that that was a bit because yeah. they had they had been whispers beforehand that it could possibly turn up, and um, you know that that 15 minutes before kickoff, we were doing commentary on on the side. They walked in, and uh, it was just uh, you know one of those moments in life where you're thinking, is this real? You know, the camera crew arrived, and then you, you see the both of them walking in, and. Um, So that was a special moment to have seen him there that night. And then the three or four days then, the the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, when they were in and around the town, mixing with the fans, drinking in the turf. You know, it's what dreams are made of, really.
1: Yeah. And like you said, Wayne, could have another dream this week. We could have, you know, Wrexham closing the gap on on the, the team top of the league. And we could have Wales one step closer to the World Cup. You've given us positivity already. I guess the message to end on then, can Wrexham do it? Can
2: Wales do it? Uh, I'll answer the Welsh question first of all. I do think they will have enough to beat Austria, um, even though it's going to be a tough game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they've got some really good players, Austria, um, but Wales have two. And it's nice to see a smiling Gareth Bale in training who looks fit, even though he hasn't played a lot of football, uh, to have him and Aaron Ramsay. I think, you know, there's some good young players coming through. I think we're going to do it on the night. And then it's a case of waiting in to see who the final opponents, opponents will. And Wrexham, I'm not going to change my mind to what I've thought of the last five or six weeks. Um, I firmly believe that we will go all the way and finish top of the league.
1: Here first, I mean, we've got our end on a high, haven't we, Nath? Uh Wayne, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: I'm Rob and It's been a pleasure, Del.
0: Well, I mean, we could have gone on for few more hours there Rich. really if wayne was very kind giving up his time um you know before he headed down to the capital to, to go watch wales just a brilliant speaker isn't he so modest brilliant speaker and great tales as well in there and you mentioned earlier rich about emails you can get in touch with us on email robryanred at com. we have got a few good emails which i think we'll try and keep for another podcast where we're just chatting away rich some really good i've got rid one in particular that was Talking about the tactics I thought was really interesting. And no, it wasn't from Pep Guardiola or your cut. And if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, at Rob Ryan Red, we're really appreciative of the support on there. Twitter spaces are becoming really popular now. And yeah, join us. It's going to be one hell of a rollercoaster finish. Rich, anything else I've forgotten or mm-hmm. uh, not said? Because it's been a bumper podcast. We're thrilled to get Wayne on for the 60 episodes. And yeah, we just can't, you know, just thanking everyone for the support and, and all the people that are coming on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, we do this because, you know, we want to be able to talk about the club ourselves, but we want to be able to give something back as well. So, you know, if you are enjoying them, like we said, please do leave a like and review because that is the the easiest way for you maybe to give a little bit back to us. You know, we're not asking for, for much in that regard, but. Thank you very much for your support, your continued support, for listening to the podcast, for subscribing. You know, Word of mouth is a good way to, to publicise it as well and, and do some work for us, which we would appreciate. But no, like we say, back the boys. Let's make some noise. Come on, Wales. Come on, Wrexham. Another busy week ahead. We'll join you again next time, and we will be here until the end of the season, however long that may be. A trip to Wembley or win it outright. As Wayne said, don't stop believing. Thank you very much, and goodbye. Tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in